This is the Hidden Why Podcast, episode 652 with Joan Sotkin. Enjoy. Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-Minute Power Segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week, I'll be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers. I'm simply trying to figure life out. And through greater awareness and understanding, I can put into practice what I learn to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires. And from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. Today's feature guest is Joan Sotkin. The topic is prosperity. Joan has been helping people resolve money issues for over 30 years. She is the founder of the popular website, prosperityplace.com, host of the Prosperity Show podcast and author of an award-winning book, Build Your Money Muscles, nine simple exercises for improving your relationships with money. Joan is known for her insightful understanding of the connection between money and emotions and how family of origin experiences affect a person's business, financial and life outcomes. This is her second round on the show. She was also a featured guest some time ago. The link will be in the show notes for this episode 652. Enjoy. Hello, Joan. Welcome back to the Hidden Wire podcast. How are you? Okay. <laughs> You're okay. Ready for uh, round two. So you were our featured guest uh, some time ago, actually. I don't have the episode number in front of me, but I'll be sure to stick the link in the show notes for those listening out there. But Joan, we've come back on today and we're, we're in the uh, 30 segment of power. Um, I don't actually know the title for it, but we have chosen the word prosperity, um, which is your business um, and one of your favorite words. So let's talk a little bit about prosperity. And um, yeah, first of all, tell us what this means to you. Why is this word of importance to you? Well, I've been on this path for a really long time. And I used to think that prosperity meant you had to have a lot of money. (laughs) That was a long time ago. Now I realize and what I've managed to create for myself is that having a life that really works for you and allows you to live uh, worry-free and to basically get what you want without being in a state of longing all the time. I find a lot of people who are seeking prosperity are always longing for something that they haven't got. And so for me, prosperity means having enough money to pay my expenses. I'm old enough that I don't need to buy more things and to just live a comfortable life. So having enough and, and enjoying, enjoying what you have rather than and, longing and, for what and, you want. Yes, and having a good support system, people who I like and who like me and Uh, where we have very easy relationships. To me, the people part is just as important as anything else. Okay, cool, cool. So we'll get into some of the details of of how you sort of create that life of prosperity. 
Um, but first, I suppose, I mean, you said you've been on this journey, on this path for some time now, Joan. I don't know your age. Uh, I assume you're quite young looking at some of the photos that I've seen online here. But you've obviously got a lot of experience, yeah? And there's a lot of young people out there that listen to this show that think of prosperity. And I sort of realized myself that it, it changes as people age. Um, the priorities of your life change as well. But for a lot of the young people listening, well, prosperity would be about, hey, well, you know, having enough money so I can buy that, that nice car, the house. And, and yeah, there is a sense of craving and always, you know, wanting to achieve more, have more, be more. Uh, and that's what they attach then to prosperity. Is prosperity available for the, you know, the younger people? You yourself said, you know, when you were younger, that's what you thought it was. Right. And I wish I knew then what I know now. Perfect. And I will tell you how old I am. I'm 77 years old. Wow. Well done. And it, it took me a long time to get this young because <laughs> I was sick physically, emotionally. I mean, I was a mess. And when and you're younger years, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I spent 20 years where I was really sick. And I had doctors telling me I could never be healthy, that I was just a hypochondriac and I should get used to all my disorders. And I just thought to myself, that's not my story. <laughs> well, know, what what was the cause? Was there, was there actual health causes or were you just one of those people that found yourself often sick? No, I, it turned out uh, that I have a genetic condition uh, connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos, right. which I didn't find out till I was 65 years old. Mm. But by then, I had worked through most of my physical problems. Okay, you know, di- digestive problems and 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 uh, candida, all this stuff, just very uncomfortable. Mm. And I was taking a lot of prescription drugs in my earlier years. And when I got off that and started learning about alternative treatments. I mean, it took me a while, but I'm really healthy now. I mean, the, for certainly for my age, and I don't even have to say for my age, because the only uh, drugs I take are generic ones to replace the things that genetically I don't make myself. And there are drugs with, you know, like I take prescription potassium. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like I've got anything seriously not working in my body. And I'm exercising now. I used to have serious energy problems. Now I, I go to the gym and I walk at least a mile a day and I can eat pretty much anything I want. So except I haven't had sugar in 45 years. And I think that makes a difference. Okay. And and so I just want people to understand yeah, that absolutely. if you want if that if you want to be healthy financially, you have to be healthy because your money is just an extension of you. It's not like there's you complaining about everything and you don't feel good and and you have a lot of money. The two things don't go together. And so I think you have to take care of yourself and you have to learn how to take care of your money. So many people think they you know they'll just get a lot of money. And they won't have to think about their money anymore. And the money will take care of itself. And that's not true. You have to learn how to take care of the money. And you have to make that part of your health routine. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So health is certainly a, an important part of um, living a prosperous life. Yes. What? Um, so just going back to sort of the question with you know the younger generation and and how 
your priorities change in life and perhaps perspectives change also. It's always great to speak with um, elderly uh, people like yourself, Joan, with a lot of wisdom and experience in life. And yeah, we should listen a little bit more to, hey, this is what I know now. Uh, I wish I knew it back then. And, you know, a lot of young people are still reluctant to take advice. Um, But if we can see that you're living a prosperous life, healthy, happy, um, you know, with enough, um, to, to give you the sort of lifestyle that you want, then perhaps we can, you know, tune into that and learn some of the secrets of success, perhaps, that you might take away. Okay, so I think part of the, the, the idea is to find out what you're expressing emotionally through your life stories. In other words, I, when I was, uh, you know, in the 1970s, I had two millionaire brothers and I couldn't rub two pennies together. And so my question was why? And what I've come to understand is that our life outcomes are the result of decisions we make. In other words, my life doesn't just happen to me. It's because how I respond to what's going on. And and that is determined by the habitual thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that are driving my decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And I think that the force behind our life stories and our decisions are our emotions that start in early childhood. So that if you had any kind of abuse or neglect, if your parents Either one of them or both were alcoholics. If you had any kind of trauma as a child, that's going to affect your approach to life and your self-concept. And so if you can begin to understand what that did, and there's so much uh, information available now on that realm, and you're willing to make some changes over a period of time, then you can decide what you want your life to be. I think it's better to set feeling goals than doing goals. For example, people will say, well, I want to be happy or I want to be satisfied. Well, if you're not happy or satisfied today, you're probably not going to be happy and satisfied tomorrow. Happiness is not going to fly in the window Satisfaction just doesn't happen because of what's going on. You have to actually teach yourself how to stop worrying, how to, how to be satisfied. And I think what's wrong with the personal growth path and a lot of business uh, coaching is that people think there's something wrong with them that needs fixing, When in fact, I tell people, there's nothing wrong with you that needs fixing. You just have to develop new habits, new thinking, feeling, and believing habits. And that's all a matter of brain science. In other words, your subconscious brain is what determines what your responses are going to be. And once you find a response that's not working for you, you can say, what would I rather be doing? And you can train yourself to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to, I suppose, break apart with all all that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so the thing to understand, and people often say to me, 
when I say to them, there's nothing wrong with you that needs fixing, they go, oh, wow, that's really good to know. <laughs> you know there's nothing wrong with you because you're not making a million dollars. There's nothing a little wrong. bit of weight off the shoulders. <laughs> yes, it does. And what if there's nothing wrong with any of us? And I say you've never done anything wrong, so you don't have to have regrets. You just did what was natural given the base of beliefs, thoughts, and habits that you have. And so if you don't like the outcomes of your life, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because you have to learn how to make a different set of decisions. And hmm. it's not easy because it means changing a lifetime of habits. But I wish I knew this stuff when I was in my 20s or my 30s because it would have been a whole lot easier than trying to alter what I, you know, made my brain stuck with for all these years. Yeah. What, what, what age did you begin to sort of begin that process? When I was 30, when, okay. when the doctor, when the doctors, well, by the time I was 30, I knew something wasn't working, but you know, this was in the early 1970s. You know, there was one health food store in Los Angeles and there were one or two personal growth books. You know, the information wasn't there. There was no internet. There, people weren't talking about coaching and groups. And I mean, there's so much information now. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I, had to, I, I had to kind of figure it out. And, and so now you don't have to figure it out yourself, but you have to change the idea that there's something wrong with you that needs fixing. Yeah, so nothing when, wrong with you. Nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. What do you think people? What do you think people think? There's something wrong with them. Like what? What is? I've got my own sort of thoughts here, but you know, from your you know work and research, why do you feel that people think there's something wrong with them? Because we're trained to think there's something wrong with us. <laughs> Shame is one of the major emotions that people act out through their money. And if you have any kind of religious training, then there's shame. If you had parents who ever punished you, then you have shame. If you had any kind of abuse or neglect, then you never learned how to think you're okay. Because, I mean, I've been looking at, I've been looking at the shame thing. Um, and uh, I was having a conversation with some people the other day, and I've been doing some talks on the shame thing. And even though I've done a lot of work on this, I realized that I'm still holding on to some shame. And so I, I've been asking myself, what is it? And I realized that I got punished a lot for talking too much. I think when I was born and they slapped me, I did five minutes. Hmm. I mean... I'm a talker. I failed self-control all the way through school. And here I've made the decision to make my living talking. So, of course, I'm afraid to put it out there because someone's going to punish me. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when I, I, there are times when I'll say to people, do you think I'm talking too much? Now, I've learned how to be a really good listener. And I don't talk too much. But every once, once in a while, that old message comes up, Joan, you talk too much. And, and it's a matter of, you know, training yourself to believe other things about yourself. And where did we learn to be really confident about who we are? I mean, that's considered about 
you know, being, uh, you know, being, uh, it's not a good thing to think you're wonderful. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be humble. And, and I think there's a fine line between self-aggrandizement and just being a comfortable person, comfortable in your skin and comfortable in your life. And, you know, people think, well, if I'm satisfied with who I am today, I'll never have more than I have now. But the paradox is the more satisfied you are, the more satisfaction your subconscious is going to create for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I just want to um, step back. Oh, actually, just a little point there because you talk about shame, um, you know, being uh, being a condition of why we might think there's something wrong with us. The um, Something you said earlier, you said you were uh, in the early 70s. I assume you were about, um, what was that, 30 or something then? Yeah, yeah, 30, um, yes. Your brothers were millionaires. You couldn't rub pennies together. I feel a lot of this feeling like there's something wrong with us is because we compare ourselves with everything else out there rather than with who we were yesterday, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my cardinal rules is don't compare yourself to other people because then you're trying to be like them and not like you. Yeah. So remember and that part comparison. of the journey, hmm. the journey isn't about getting rich. It's about getting to find out who you really are. Now, I'm a person who's an early adopter and I do things very differently from other people, and which is one of the reasons I, I got shamed a lot. You know, Joan, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, I like doing this. <laughs> Why can't I do it? And so, yes, not to take things personally and don't compare yourself to other people, to me, are two cardinal rules. There's a saying that I really like, uh, what you think of me is none of my business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, look, let's look at prosperity again. I really want to sort of get to a, a definition here um, because we've sort of we talked about health a bit there. Happiness was mentioned. How would you define prosperity? And, and perhaps it links to happiness as well, but what is prosperity in a definition? Well, I can only give a definition for me. Yeah. When I'm working with people, I ask them to define it for themselves. As I said, my definition 20 years ago would have been very different from what it is today. Okay. And I I think that as we mature, that our, our sense of self changes, as do our goals change. You know, one of my millionaire brothers um, would say to me, I've always had goals, but I never reached them. Because as I'm approaching them, they change. Yeah. And, and so I think a lot of people are kind of stuck in definitions. I'm sorry I can't give you a very no, that's okay. lovely definition. <laughs> Let's talk about the definition. definition then because it's a really important point. And I think the same goes with happiness too. Um, and I, I talk about happiness quite a bit. But um, if prosperity is defined by the individual, how do you – encourage people to find that definition? Like, is there a little bit of a process you could say, well, this is what I'd consider you look at? Okay. So what does prosperity feel like? What is the feeling of prosperity? 
Can you answer that? So this is looking again, going back to what you said earlier as well, is setting feeling goals rather than setting doing goals. So this is about looking at yes. how you yes. want to feel yes. or how you want to, I always say be, um, it's the yes. be, be, do, yes. have model. Yes. Yes. Because I know people who have a lot of money and they're not the least bit happy. You know, people talk a lot about under earning. Well, I also talk about over earning. Why do you have to have another billion dollars? <laughs> That's so remarkable to me. Just one would be okay, people, wouldn't it? What? Just one would be okay, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. So once you have the one, why do you need more? But okay, let's say you have a billion dollars, okay? How are you going to deal with that billion dollars? Do you know enough to take care of a billion dollars or how to hire people because it's a very special group of people who know how to manage a billion dollars. Most of my friends who are multi-millionaires don't have just one uh, financial advisor. So what I decided to do, because I do, I, I enjoy being a wealthy person, I started studying what it meant to be wealthy a long time ago. Where where would I put my money? Let's say you win the lottery. What are you going to do with the money? I was talking to my my brother who is still a multimillionaire and he still buys lottery tickets. So I said to him, "What are you going to do with when you win the lottery?" And he started telling me how he was going to give me a certain amount and do this. And I said, well, what about the taxes? And he went into this uh, riff about things that he would do using terms that I I never would have thought of in a million years. So if you want to be wealthy, you have to learn about wealth. And most people who long for more money just long for it. They don't study how to take care of it. And in order for it to last, you you hear all these stories about lottery winners who go through the money and they're right back where they were. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't learn about the world of money. So to me, it's two pieces. It's what's going on inside of you and what you're doing externally to be part of the world of money. Now, a lot of people have a fear of being wealthy because they see how wealthy people are treated. It's not like, you know, we we admire we admire people's wealth, but then we talk about in the United States the one percent, and we kind of diss them because they're not giving enough. People think that if they have, for example, high-end clients, that they're going to make more money. Well, high-end clients, if you don't if you if you don't know how to deal with high-end clients and and the wealthy, there are lots of books on on marketing to the wealthy and dealing with the wealthy. If you don't know how to do that, you're not going to make a lot of money. So uh, it takes the feeling goals along with the financial goals. But if you're if you have financial goals, when I say to people, how much money do you want to earn? The most common thing is two million dollars. Well, most people who say that haven't got a clue as to how to take care of it. So start learning about money before you have it. And mm. and and that's the way to become 
what I consider prosperous, where you're comfortable with money. So many people with money are not comfortable with it. Yeah. So we're certainly looking at the financial aspects of the prosperity. You talked about health as well. Um, so it's health, wealth, um, you know, I guess the elements of prosperity. Again, going back to the, the feeling goal. So looking at your um, your own personal definition of prosperity, well, how how do you define that? Ask yourself how you want to feel. And if you're struggling yes. there with how you want to feel, just think about it. How do you want your life to look and feel? And mm. perhaps with that, then you can go, okay, well, to have that level of feeling, um, perhaps this is what I you know, would need to achieve. At the moment, I've got this much of it. Um, and then, you know, working backwards from that level of feeling. And perhaps you might even find, as I did, that you already have enough to feel actually absolutely like that life anyway and that level of prosperity. And then it's just about growing that, um, as Joan said earlier, through being satisfied, um, you actually attract more opportunities to grow that satisfaction as well. And because you're the why guy, yeah. if you want that big boat... Ask yourself why. Yeah. And do you do you really want to deal with taking care of that boat? If you don't like doing housework, you probably don't want a boat because you have to, even though you're not going to be the one scrubbing the dicks, you have to hire all the people to take care of it. If you dream of having a big business, do you really want to manage all those people and, and all their cockeyed things that go on Actually, when I when I had my big business and I had uh, you know like five employees it was like having five kids who wanted me to make decisions all day long you know and I never wanted kids so you know you have to really understand why you want what you want yeah, I like that. So look look at how you want to look and feel, how your life wants to be, and then if there's certain things, um, materialistic, tangible items, etc., um, a level of wealth that you believe um, will help you have that level of feeling, then ask yourself that question, why? Uh, but what I what I learned from your um, conversation just then, Joan, was that you know, you said if you want to be a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever it might be, go out there and learn about how to handle that money. I think it's the same if you want to have this big boat. Go out there and learn what it takes to own a big boat. Um, you know, I, I recently did this little experiment and I'm still doing it, is where I was thinking, oh, it might be nice to own a takeaway store. I've got a passion for food, always thought about it. I got an opportunity to work in a fish and chip shop. Um, this is on side of my jobs and all that sort of stuff. But he said, you know, come down, work at it. Uh, yep, happy to. I said I'd want to. And I've actually experienced it now and I actually definitely don't want to ever own a fish and chip shop. Um, so it's just interesting how you can actually learn, you know, before you just jump in and say, that's what I want and that's what I need to be prosperous or to be happy, go out there and actually have that experience. And then you might be able to better make that decision because it's easy to look back and sit around and go, oh, he's got, you know, a nice Mercedes and she's got a big house and he's got a million dollars and that's what I really want in life. But you don't know what the, uh, what their lifestyle is actually like, what level of stress they have, what level of health they have, how that actually feels to them. You don't know that. And that's just comparing yourself to everything else around you understand how you want to feel and then go out there and experience that go out there and learn what that would look like and then from there you can ask yourself that question of why and perhaps even have better answers to asking those questions of why perfect 
you get a gold star <laughs> for that. <laughs> that was brilliant. I mean, you really get it. And and I would venture to say that you're probably pretty satisfied with your life if you believe all that. Oh, not really. No, no, still got a lot to learn, <laughs> and okay, which is why so, I like talking, talking to you, John. Okay, so you have to decide what, you know, like people will tell me that they have money problems. And it's important to understand that money problems are never about money. Doesn't that sound odd? Hmm. But it's never about money. It's always about the emotions that you're bringing to the money. Yeah, makes sense. And in other words, if you think you haven't got enough money, what you're telling me is that you haven't got enough people because money always comes from people. Yeah. And so if you don't have good relationship skills or good communication skills, then it's hard to have a lot of money. Now, you could have a, an Amazon uh, store. I have a friend who does not have great communication skills. And uh, she's kind of a, you know, she doesn't have a lot, a whole lot of empathy, but she makes a lot of money on Amazon. So there's a way of doing it, but you have to decide if that's the kind of thing you want to do. Hmm. And they're the hard decisions. Yeah, and I think it's important to get over your feelings of not enough and to start talking to people who you think have enough. They, they, they're just normal people. <laughs> they like, as a matter of fact, they tend to be a little lonelier than most because, you know, people put them on this pedestal and they have to maintain a certain way of being. Uh, and I find I belong to this dog. I go to this dog park every day where everybody has a dog and who they are doesn't matter. And I've made some very wealthy friends there. And there, and I, I've always had wealthy friends. It's really strange that I'm surrounded by so much wealth, and uh, which lets me know it's possible. And and as a matter of fact, it was a turnoff for me, because as a young person, my best friend, you know, her grandmother's so chauffeur would pick us up for school in their limousine, but I had to go walk to her house first. Because they didn't want to drive into my neighborhood. Mm. <laughs> <And> so, Fair enough. <laughs> and that seemed pretty ridiculous to me. You know, and, and my friends, her, their, her parents' friends were all in therapy. So I learned early on that money doesn't make you happy. And I, I see people I know really well. And it's not their money that makes them happy. And a lot of them have just as many problems. I have a, a friend who has done very well in his life. He's in his 70s. Um, and and the, the love of his life died many years ago. Then he had another marriage. And he's hasn't found the relationship that he longs for. So even and and he's very frugal, so he doesn't spend his money, you know, and it's it's different for everybody. So the important thing is, as you might say, is to find your why and and to say, well, you know, who do I want to be? Not who do I what do I want to have, 
but who do I want to be? And uh, my goal was to become someone who didn't talk so much. So I Mm -hmm. learned to listen. (laughs) And I wanted to learn to love other people and myself, to be able to stop judging myself and other people, to stop comparing myself to other people. And so, so I was really looking at my values, what matters to me. And, and by examining those values and not doing things that interfere with those values, I've been able to create the life that I want. I don't like to do housework, so I don't want to manage a big estate. You know, it's, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, these are the decisions you have to make, like not having a fish and chip store. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, less is less is better. I've got one final question for you, Jane, and it's a it's a question that comes um, you know around making these life decisions. We often you know uh, you know speaking with people like yourself, um, speaking with our our parents, etc., people that we know through networks, um, and perhaps we're we're trying to make a decision or we're thinking about doing this or that. Um, and then the advice we get is contrary to what we actually think we, we should do. And sometimes it, it creates that confusion where you go, well, this is what I thought I was going to do. And now they're saying perhaps it's not the greatest idea or maybe this idea is better. And again, we're, we're starting to then live. And this is something that I get frustrated by, but still don't know how to um, handle it correctly. Because sometimes what they're saying has a lot of logic to it as well. But at the same time, you sort of were walking this way and then suddenly you're, you're, you're getting pulled this way. You know what I mean? So how do you yeah. um, suggest people handle, you know, listening to the advice from other people, especially on one of my mentors earlier on in, um, when I started the personal development sort of journey said to me, don't listen to broke, unhappy people. And I thought, well, that's pretty good advice. Um, and, you know, when you listen to these people, if you look at their life and go, well, they actually haven't done this doesn't mean necessarily that they're wrong with their advice, but perhaps um, because they actually have had experience and perhaps they look back and say, well, that's what, you know, now from what I know is perhaps the, the better path that I should have taken. I didn't, but I'd like to share that with you. Okay. So I remember as a, I think I was a teenager when I said to my father, who was very protective, please let me make my own mistakes. Yeah. And in order to find out who you are, you sometimes have to find out who you're not. And when, uh, you know, when a 28-year-old person says to me, I haven't reached my income potential, I'll say to them, of course you haven't. <laughs> you know? You're just starting out in life. And I happen to be a person who pretty much goes against the, the rules. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid to break the rules. In 1976, I gave away everything I owned. I had no money. I didn't know where I was going to stay. And I just learned to follow that inner voice. I had learned how to meditate in 1972. And so I'm very independent. And and I don't care what other people do. I didn't want children. Can you imagine that? For someone my age, I mean, I was brought up to believe I should get married and have children. I got married twice and said, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, I, I, it was the wrong era. You know, it wasn't an era of equal rights for women. And so I just didn't like being a wife. And, and so you have to be able to say no. Uh, I, I have a saying. I even made a T-shirt out of it. 
if one of us has to be uncomfortable, it doesn't have to be me. And the corollary to that is no is a complete sentence. So if someone tells you what you have to do, you have the right to say that doesn't work for me. And, and you even have the right to say it doesn't feel right to me. And to me, the secret is learning what feels right to you. Yeah. You might, you're, mm. you're going to still make mistakes. You're going to still make mistakes, but mistakes are just finding out what you're not. So you can find, I believe that whatever you're going through today is what you need to go through to find out who you're becoming. And I don't think you become who you're becoming until you're at least 50 years old. There you go. Joan, been a pleasure having you back on the show. Thank you for your wisdom um, and everything that we've discussed today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, how can people best reach out to you, Joan? Just go to my site, prosperityplace.com, and I'm doing a lot of webinars now and free webinars, and I've got, uh, I send out information on a regular basis. I'm a talker, and yeah. I do it in a lot of different ways, and I love to share what I've learned with other people. So prosperityplace.com. That's perfect. Guys, check it all out. The notes will be up there at thehiddenwide.com, episode 652 with Joan Sotkin. And until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life, a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to thehiddenwhy.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in The Hidden Why, click the Ratings and Reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a one to five star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Mundelty. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.